there's 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 plenty plenty of uh, sure. all right cold pod let's go we're here jason gabino welcome welcome to the hi, podcast hi. Uh, hi thanks for having me you are the management but you what do you do development <laughs> I, I looked what it up. What do I do? I don't know. Well, no, no. Well, you're right, okay, so right now, right now, right now, brand development manager. That's what I have in my notes. So right now, yes, I do brand development for a burgeoning workwear brand. Uh-huh. <laughs> called? Um, it's called Rosa Rogosa. Yes. Um, if you guys don't know, it's uh, owned by Manny Matheson. Yes. Um, he brought me on, I think, about a year ago. It's been almost about a year. So. Um, and, uh, Yeah. Uh, it's a fun little story, quite honestly. Yeah, I've been, um, I, I would like to know more about it because I actually kind of don't really know anything about it. Sure. Uh, what do you like, What do you want to know? About? Well, I just mean like because <laughs> it's funny when someone's like when someone who is a first of all like a, a you know celebrity chef sure. starts a clothing brand. Your initial idea is going to be like, oh, this is going to suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Just just be, and I mean that just in the sense sure. that just you know it's not going to be cool. Yeah, but it is. And it's actually really sick. And I've like seen the clothes and I've seen the editorials and I've seen the website and whatnot. And I'm sure. like, oh, this is actually something that Thank I you. would buy and wear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's got a pretty interesting story. Um, uh, I think maybe most of the listeners here probably are familiar with Maddie Matheson, celebrity chef. Definitely. <laughs> New York Times bestselling author, uh, restaurateur, you know. Cookware. He's cookware. got coffee. He's got restaurants. <laughs> YouTube celebrity. Everything. Multi-hyphenate. Yes. So he um, endeavored about four years ago, he endeavored to start a workwear brand mm-hmm. that basically spoke to uh, the uh, like the clothes that he would wear. Yeah. So, you know, obviously being a chef, you know, he needs clothes to wear that are going to be durable, um, but also to to some extent fashionable. Yeah. You know, as much as like he's a chef and whatnot. Maddie, in his way, kind of has his own sense of style. Definitely. Um, that I think most people kind of like, you can see it. You yeah. can see that he has a very particular style and he likes what he likes and he wears what he wears. No, and he has, he, he's had a fairly iconic look for like a long time. Yes. And, he, and he's kept it, which is, I mean that in the sense of it's because it's like the style hasn't, it's not like he's like, check out these capes. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like these are just like an expansion of like what he already wears, but now it's just his. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because like, you know, I've known Maddie for quite some time. Um, and, uh, you know, as a like quote unquote fashion person, yeah. you know, I've seen interesting choices that he's made. Like, you know, there's one <laughs> moment where he's like wearing like Gucci slippers and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, <laughs> he's like a hardcore that. guy, but like, he's like wearing like Gucci slippers. Like, okay, cool. Cool. Like that's interesting, um, but needless to say, he has a very specific uh, viewpoint of like his own personal style, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I think that it's interesting that he endeavored to do this because, you know, it's something that was his own personal need, yeah. right? Um, and being the like uh, sort of atypical size that he is, yeah. right? He, uh, I think it was a challenge for him to find those kind of clothes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, to certain degrees, I think this is something that, like, I think a lot of people don't realize about Maddie is that he understands, like, like the fit, yeah, and like tailoring his clothes and getting things made or, or like wearing things a certain way, yeah. in order for him to like achieve his own sort of like personal style, right? Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, four years ago, he endeavored to like start this like clothing line, and so you know he started it with a bunch of partners and. This was pre-pandemic. Yeah. This is a story that I was told. Pre-pandemic, right. he started this workwear brand, and he's, uh, you know, wanted it to be like made locally, um, and tried to work with like local factories and people who were producing clothes 
within this in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of started on that path. Yeah. You know, fast forward, pandemic hits. And he was working with a uh, company that basically transitioned into just doing PPE. So, like, mm-hmm. they were doing his production and, like, you know, agreed to do his production. And uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, all these manufacturers kind of got, like, money from the government, basically, right. to just right. produce, right. Like, okay. you know, all the PPE <clears throat> stuff right. that people needed. And so basically his factory that he's working with was like, well, we're actually just going to shut down this part of our factory and just produce PPE stuff. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the line, he was like, fuck it, let's buy the factory. <laughs> so Damn. he found the money to buy That's the factory. So it's kind of crazy. It's part of the reason why I kind of jumped on board. Yeah. But he bought the factory um, and along with the factory came like some of the people that worked there and all of that sort of stuff. And so the clothing brand that we currently are working on, we make the clothes like right in like Parkdale, like right at Queen and Dufferin. Yeah, so yeah. there's a factory that we work with that we have like people who are like sewing it and all that sort of stuff, like right at Queen Is that and also where your office is as well? It's exactly where the so office you're just is. Like, you're like designs, you just literally just like walk into the production line and like- Yeah, so like when people come visit made. it, it's like, you know, people come do the tour and they're like, okay, you know, these are the offices. And along with like all the other sort of offices and businesses that he's involved in, we have offices for like the restaurant group. And then there's like our studio and- um, production facility that like is literally a factory yeah and then, like the designers there and our production managers there and like I'm there and then also our like fulfillment is out of there as well too so yeah. all the orders that people order is literally being shipped from like Queen of Duffer right. right interesting yeah. so if I buy a pair of pants I should expect two to three business days <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that <laughs> okay we're working on that it's definitely something that we're working on I think in terms of like the actual brand we're trying to kind of like find its legs and right. so we're trying to uh, essentially figure out what model works for us mm-hmm. and so you know there's this interesting sort of uh, sort of uh, dynamic where it's like okay well we own the factory so like how do we, you know, position this business model to kind of work for us, yeah. but yeah. also to like, you know, fulfill customer orders and like, you know, get people like products like in, in like two to three days, like yeah. in hand, like two to yeah. three days. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like people in Toronto that are like, well, how come it takes like two weeks if like I live, <laughs> I like, live right, I right here. walk over. Like <laughs> literally <laughs> people like text us and parents. they're like, yeah, yeah. well, I live in Parkdale, so can't I just like come see this stuff? And yeah. we're like, actually, we're not set yeah, up for that. Not, yeah, yeah it's, not a, so, it's not a storefront. Yeah, not it's yet. not a storefront, not yet. not yet. But it's an interesting oh. business model and um, certainly something that like from a fashion perspective um, is interesting in the sense that like, there, like there's people trying to do that in Toronto yeah. for sure, um, but like actually owning a factory mm-hmm. is like a whole nother. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like I, I know like I I knew I knew it was uh, I knew the clothes were being made at that factory, mm-hmm. which I also knew was you know within the same confines of the whole operation. Yeah. But I didn't know that Maddie bought the factory. <laughs> yeah, it's literally something that is like uh, sort of. God like damn, that guy's rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you would like. To- <laughs> I mean, and I say that I, rich. Yeah, he's I rich. joke about that, but I've also I have also known Maddie for a very long time. Yeah, and it's one of those fun. We all have those friends where you're just like. You're like, oh damn, like, like you, yeah, like you, people you became are doing rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you became like, rich. Yeah, just, yeah, trust me, I have like friends like that through like throughout time and yeah. whatever kind of thing. But it's, I mean, you know, at the at the same time, it's like this thing that's like, 
you know, at the heart of it all, like Maddie is a very like he's punk to the like to the oh, core. For sure. You know what I mean? For he's sure. like oh, yeah. DIY to the core. You know yeah. what I mean? And you have to give it up to people like that. Yeah. That are willing to kind of like take that risk and be like, fuck it, I'm gonna buy the factory. Yeah. He also seems like, to continually reinvest in in the brand of whatever he's doing. You know, yeah. it's never just like he's not sitting and enjoying it. <laughs> he's yeah, like he's continually absolutely. reinvesting yeah, in yeah, Well, yeah, I, I like as I think it's this thing where it's like when you come from like a community that is like, you know, the hardcore community where it's like you understand that like at the heart of your own success is like these people exactly. and it's this community that yeah. supported and he, you and so he like, actually is you? one of the rare instances where I, I it seems again you even be like I've known him for forever he's bringing people along with him which yeah. is like at yeah. the end of the day like the most important thing to do when you get any sort of success yeah, yeah. when you have that kind of access or when you have that kind of like you know, uh, access to money and you like, you can do things. Yeah. That's certainly kind of like one of the MOs that like, I've always kind of like tried to instill in like everything that I've done. You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, like if I have an opportunity, like what, what I always say is that if like I'm getting through the door, I'm like kicking the yeah. door open and I'm like, everyone's coming. I'm like, everyone get in now <laughs> yeah. because like this, the door's open. Yeah. So like, let's get it's in. Like, it's like, yeah. fuck yeah. it up. It's like might not be open for long. Yeah. It's like looting a store where like someone breaks the window and goes, everybody come on. Which That's is something we talk about a lot on the pod about something that some people in Toronto who do find success don't end up doing. Yeah. Is bringing the Not even Toronto, but just in, but general. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in general. I mean, it's like, you know, it's this thing where it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the sort of uh, adage of like, when you have power, like, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's yeah. like, if you have, you know, I come from a place where it's like, I have nothing. Like, I grew up with like absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. low income family, immigrant, like first immigrants. Like, I was the first kid that was like born in Canada. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I've had to like work hard and like hustle, like yeah. literally hustle for everything that I had. Yeah. And so it's like, in that opportunity, like to me, if I'm doing something, it's not going to be fun unless I like get to bring all my friends. Exactly. Yeah. You know what exactly, I mean? So it's exactly. like, these are the people that like brought me to the point where I am at. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to do something, I'm literally bringing as yeah. many people as I can mm-hmm. onto this project yeah. just so that I don't have to do it by myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a fun. It opens and the door it's for fun. others. It, then people will then have the exact same experience that you're having in a, I'm assuming like people that are younger. Yeah. And then they're like, I'm in now I'm going to like, Go I'm off and hoping. do my thing, and then they're yeah. gonna bring. It's just it's the cycle that like literally is the, what we should all be doing. Yeah. It's true. Some people don't. It is. I mean, I've like I've done all kinds of other things in my life where it's like, oh, we're gonna know, talk about it. I've <laughs> been an opportunity to like bring people up mm-hmm. or like pass knowledge on. You know yeah. what I mean? And so for me, it's like this thing where I'm always like, okay, like how do I pass this on? Like how do I make sure that like the person under me or the person who looks at me as like they're like you know their role model or mentor or whatever i'm like how am i passing knowledge on to you so that like you can take this and you can like fuck it up even more yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's, sorry i don't know am i allowed to swear on this oh Oh, please (laughs) (laughs) you've listened to this before you know you know (laughs) the vibes (laughs) no swearing Um, but yeah no it's like always this thing where i'm like okay how do i bring people along so like they can take what i've learned and like take the access that i've gained and like fuck it up even more yeah yeah, you know yeah crazy that's sick yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy for you and i like that i like the brand it's like it's again it's a thing that i just wanted to reiterate and hopefully we'll get maddie on here one day uh okay. <laughs> but, he's a busy man uh, I, I know he is yeah. and we insist on doing these in person but um i wanted to yeah just the, sorry i was just gonna say that the fact that like you know it actually is a sick brand and that's a thing that is yeah oftentimes rare from somebody that is in some sort of celebrity-ish status you know, just, yeah. some of this is just not cool. It's like yes. so and so brand is just like you're like it's whatever. It's but like, also, no, I just... think it's also too we have like the, we have the we, like we have the meter and we have the bar of like people who have like done amazing mm-hmm. shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we have people like Virgil Abloh really? who like literally yeah. like started yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. from nowhere, like literally took 
existing brands and like screen printed shit on it and yeah. then, like built a, like a whole empire to the yeah. point that like he was like the creative director at Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Of yeah. course. Like it's pretty fucking amazing. No, you know what I mean? It's nuts to think, it's nuts to think about that shit is nuts to think about the Virgil shit for me always. Yeah. Because it just, it, I, I never would have expected it. And you know, it's the kind of thing that I didn't, I almost didn't fully realize or appreciate it unfortunately until after he died until yeah. he's gone yeah. you know yeah, what i mean course, totally. when like you look yeah. back and you're like fuck like he actually did crazy shit yeah well i had a funny relationship with it at the time because it's like there like there's a story that kind of like is going around that like well has gone around that like virgil did like one of our windows at goodfoot like a long time ago he like did like a, like a wait he did, did he actually so he did okay. so he did like um so when we had goodfoot we would like always do this these windows that in the beginning, like the way that we set up the stores, like you can't actually see anything in the store. Like we made it so that like you actually had to like go inside the store to like see what was going on. But we always did these like wild windows that basically made you like want to go inside. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's and it's actually funny because it's like I've actually had this conversation with like uh, Matt, who was like the one of the co-founders of Goodfoot. And he was like, do you have pictures of like Virgil's window? And I was like, no, I don't. I was like, honestly, Damn. like it's maybe like on one of my like old computers or something like yeah. that. Um, but we actually don't have like, uh, uh, like any kind of like visuals or pictures of like that actual window. So did it but he really literally happen? was like, <laughs> like he's gone on pocket and been like, yeah, Goodfoot. Like we actually did like my first like visual installation, like mm -hmm. at Goodfoot. Kind of thing. Well, okay. Now we got to talk about Goodfoot for a second. I was going to, we're just going to keep yeah, going. Yeah, what's Goodfoot? Okay. So, well, <laughs> here's the time. funny thing. So Austin, you know, it's not from Toronto. So you weren't here. You're also younger. You weren't there during this, this era, but yeah. Goodfoot, let me just say, first of all, I, sure. in doing a little bit of research today, actually did not know that you had anything to do with Goodfoot. And oh. I don't know if you know that Goodfoot was such a big part of my life <laughs> when I was in high school. That's crazy. That I... Not literally got my first job. This just like I got my first job because I needed to get a job in high school. Yep. But like I pretty much, once I got that money, that first little bit of money from your first little job at H and M at Queen's Spadina, uh, I would spend all of my money at Goodfoot. I would go yeah. there on my lunch breaks <laughs> just thing. to look at the shoes. It was a thing. I still have all of my Goodfoot New Era's in my parents' basement. Well, that's wild. <laughs> that's actually yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> I probably only have like maybe five. The, like yeah. those kind of things like pop up on like people's stories or like people just kind of like it, like it'll pop up randomly out of nowhere and i'll be like oh shit wow that was like a that was like a yeah. wild time it was like i'd wait for the big new good foot fucking new era drop and i'd be like gotta, gotta go get the yellow one <laughs> that's crazy i want to see that actually i, I do have i kind of want to see that <laughs> not gonna lie i mean i can show you photos of me wearing them yeah sure no but, that's um, great there's like random things that pop up with like people like within our like friend group where mm -hmm. they're like Oh, look at this photo. And there'll be like someone with like an old Goodfoot bag. Yeah. Or like wearing like a Goodfoot hat or something. You know, like a t-shirt or something. I'm such like a crazy, I, my mom probably threw those out, but I was such a crazy like collector of like stupid things. Like yeah. I probably, I, I, know, I know I did at one point have them, but I even had the bags. Yeah. Like, the the bags bag, were a thing. I know. I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have them folded up just like the, like, like yeah. I, I was so into this We did shit. a bag that said, uh, I went to Goodfoot and all I got was lousy service. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like people used to like complain about like how yeah. shitty the service was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, it took me, <laughs> it honestly took me. I would say at least a month before I like really went inside there because it's like, intimidating. Oh, of course, 100%. Like yeah. I'd walk it as soon as you'd walk into the store, whoever's behind, they wouldn't even say what up. Maybe they yeah. would say what up, but like <laughs> maybe, but they're like on the computer, there's like a clips record playing or something. And then they just kind of like, look at you, give you like a <laughs> back on the computer and you'd like 
go and like look at a shoe and put it back and you're like Ooh, and like look at the thing and be like okay bye and yeah like, mm-hmm. well also too because the prices were wild because <laughs> yeah. there was like stuff that was in there and we were like pricing it like mad wild like it was like six hundred dollars for a pair of like dunks that like you can only get in japan yeah. <laughs> which is like kind of like yeah. what the prices are now yeah totally but, like totally. back then like people would come in and be like what the fuck are these prices and like, yeah why is like are, like this pair of shoes priced like six hundred dollars well people just didn't get it too because it would just be like they'd be like well this isn't like a random brand it's nike like why is it so expensive you know what i mean but did it work oh hell yeah oh absolutely (laughs) yeah it worked it worked to the point where like we had like you know good foots in like vancouver calgary montreal toronto we had like three in toronto okay we need to we need to we need to go back there because i okay i like i said i'd had this whole thing gone down in a certain order but now that we're just on good foot okay we'll go back in time a little bit before too as well for later on but i wanted to first so what was did you were you one of the people that started good fit okay so this the story goes like this so when i moved to toronto i moved to toronto in like 2000 and like two okay probably 2000 yeah probably 2002 because we found a good foot in like 2003 so like 2001 2002 i uh so prior to that i was living in vancouver okay so i spent the majority of my 20s in vancouver um and in vancouver you know I, like I love Vancouver to death, right? Like uh, the best people, all the people that like kind of like f- made me the person who I am today. Mm-hmm. Particularly like my mentor, mm-hmm. the person who kind of like taught me about like streetwear and like Supreme and like Bathing Ape and like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's from Vancouver. Okay. So like at the time, there's a lot of like Japanese people in Vancouver, and like really the Japanese people like in the early 2000s were up on shit before like anybody yeah. else right. was like up on oh, shit. Yeah. So like you know in in Japan, like they have like Supreme stores, you know, they like under like this, the idea of like Goodfoot basically comes from like this idea of like resale market, right? Yeah. So like in Japan, when you go to Japan, you can find like the rarest snakes that were only available in like Europe or Japan or certain stores in like the US or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. So from like, from a pure sort of like business standpoint, it was like this idea that like, there's like you know, Goodfoot was founded on the idea that there's like rare sneakers out there. And um, there's a market for it. And there's a market for it. But mm-hmm. most people at the time didn't understand that. Yes. Right. So coming from Vancouver, it's like I'm already privy to this idea that like, you know, a pair of Air Maxes, like OG Air Maxes or whatever are going for like eight hundred dollars and people are selling them for like eight hundred dollars on like eBay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, as much as I love Vancouver at the time, basically I was kind of presented with an opportunity to move to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, fuck it. I'm bored of Vancouver. I need to like move to Toronto. But in like sort of contemplating this idea of like moving to Toronto, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do in Toronto? Yeah. So, you know, I had sort of a bit of a pipe dream where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to move to Toronto and kind of like take what like my boss is doing, like my mentor, my boss at the time. He had a very like crazy influential store. Okay. A lot of people don't under like know it or understand it because it's like if you know, you know. Yeah. But it was a store called 24. Okay. And so at the time, like this was basically the only store in all of Canada that, that was selling like rare like Japanese Nikes mm. and Supreme and like Bathing Ape and like all these sort of like brands. Yeah. Um, but at the time, what was happening with me personally was that on top of like working for like the store, I was also like touring right. uh, with the Rascals. I know. Right. <laughs> and so as a B-boy, right? As a B-boy. That's yes. Okay. Right. I was I was reading about that today yes. and I was like, okay, so I was like, like, whoa. Yeah. So, you know, during at that time, I was like, you know, basically very sort of uh, uh, 
a part of like sort of the b-boy scene uh-huh. yeah in the west coast but also kind of canada-wide mm-hmm. kind of thing um so we would like what's that did you compete well compete is a kind of like a vague word they're, like they're so <laughs> true, 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 right. okay the whole, the whole, so like competing all based on battles like, yes, it's, all competing. it's all based on battles but what was crazy at the time is that like in my 20s yeah. remember this is like i'm in my mid-20s here right so like there were things happening globally yeah. that was a part of like sort of that hip hop culture and like four elements of like culture. Yeah. You have to kind of put it in the context of the time. So it's like around the time where it's like most deaf, like, uh, you know, raucous records, yep. deaf jokes, like all of like, yeah, sort yeah. of like that. Like the quote, alternative hip hop. Yeah. Like, like yeah. quote unquote backpack rap. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. Or like whatever you want to call <laughs> it. No, no, that was right? my shit. <laughs> yes, totally. So what's happening globally is that like, there are like these massive, like b-boy competitions like yeah. battle of the year like in europe particularly yeah. right like in europe there's like massive competitions that are happening that are like sponsored by like carhartt like uh adidas puma like yeah. h- huge competitions uh in europe but also too there were like kind of grassroots kind of things happening uh in north america so you know there was this thing called like freestyle sessions that happened on the west coast and like literally everyone from around the world all b-boys from around the world would come to these things and like basically throw down yeah it's like a fucking massive party like jam where people were literally like six or seven like b-boy circles are like battling but like people are like battling from like people from europe are battling people from like new york and people from like la are battling people from like you know japan like yeah it's yeah. like the wildest scene but like on then on the east coast it's like rock steady right so like rock steady reunion would always happen every year and then it's like you know the ogs were, were there it's like you know i have pictures with like africa mambada and like all like crazy legs like yeah. all these like old school b-boys yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of that kind of thing so you know in my 20s we're traveling around like doing all these things like literally competing and like going to these things and like straight up battling people <laughs> from like other like countries other countries but like also too there's like people in toronto like bag yeah. of tricks is like the the main b-boy crew okay that was in toronto at the time mm-hmm. there's another crew called uh fuck what's what, is, what was the name of them i really forget but there's like some legendary like kind of like b-boys okay. in that sense but um like we would come here and basically battle like mm-hmm. the toronto cats yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the guys that are like on the like the the intro bumpers for like Rap City. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we were like going around and like battling and like all these places, and then we would tour with the Rascals and like come to Toronto. Yeah. And so when I'm coming to Toronto, I'm like, yo, people really aren't up on like Supreme and yeah. like like all this kind of. Like, would you say that people sneakers. were in Vancouver though, aside from like, you know, the little say scene that spawned out of the store? Yeah, uh, generally yes. Okay. Because like it was like this funny scene of like uh like, like the only skate time kids. ever when vancouver was ahead of toronto <laughs> just kidding no it really was like a time because it was like this funny th- like uh sort of scene of like uh skate kids mm-hmm. so it's like around the times of like red dragons and like all these guys yeah. mm-hmm. um and like legendary skaters like came from like red dragons you yeah, know yeah. I mean? like colin mckay like yeah. all these people mixing with like these hip-hop heads right who you know, at the time, we're doing something that was like so different in right. the it, like in the context of like Vancouver. Like yeah. my like my favorite story of like Vancouver is like when I first moved there. Like I like when I first moved there, I didn't actually I like I moved there to kind of just get away from like some shit that like was happening where I like grew up, which is Winnipeg. Yeah. And my first year in Vancouver, like I didn't go to any parties. Like right. I was like 19, 20. And I was like, 
okay, like I need to straighten my life out. So I'm like not going to go to parties. I'm not going to go out. And like, I'm not going to, I'm like going to have a different life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the first year that I was there, I didn't go to any parties, but the first party that I went to was this hip hop party that coincidentally, like my really good friends who like basically now are like the big promoters in Toronto through, and it was a hip hop party. Okay. And so like people like flip out J swing, uh, it was promoted by like this uh, kind of promotion group called G-Man and Risk, who are like our good friends. And they were throwing a hip hop night in a gay club. Yeah, really? In Vancouver. Whoa. Yeah, it was called Red Lounge. And it was the craziest thing because it was like the first time that I actually had ever experienced like going to a club, like a quote unquote club yeah. that only played hip hop music because I grew up in Winnipeg. Yeah. So I remember going to this night and being like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this is wild. Like they're like literally playing like, you know, like like Wu Tang, like Method Man, sh- like Method Man's album had just came out. Yeah, and they're yeah. like playing like Takao, like in a club, and I was yeah. like, "Yo, this is the wildest song to be like playing in the club." But yeah. like, I fuck with it. Like, this is wild. Yeah. You know, Vancouver actually still has a pretty crazy hip hop and b boy scene. Like to this day, to this day, a bunch of my friends were like a part of it. Okay, and dancing, and it was like the closest I saw to a truly formed scene in Vancouver. When I okay, hold there. on. So wait, so but like. How, like how do you know this? I don't, like how are you? A I part lived of that? in Vancouver for two years. Oh, you lived in Vancouver yeah, for two my years. My friend Nathan and Melody, they're all they're all big b boy. Okay, so like, like how old? Like how? Like when? Like year wise, what? When was this? You're talking about like two years like, ago. Yeah, this is like last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years. Yeah. The, there's a big dance community in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Um, and Vancouver. Oh, sorry, in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I mean, there's still a big dance community here in Toronto, yeah. and like yeah, the b boy yeah. scene is like definitely still like alive here it's a little bit more underground and it's like not as like quote-unquote popular as it is now yeah but those scenes still exist in the world oh for sure for sure and so like when i do go back there it's weird because it's like my niece and nephew are like like they're like they just became adults but they're still a part of that you know yeah yeah yeah. but it's funny because it's like like when they talk to like their friends or like when their friends like kind of like uh like do the research and like kind of go back and be like yeah. oh this is like how i got into like dancing or whatever kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. the conversation always comes back to like whoa like you actually like started a lot of this stuff <laughs> right, really? and like you were like a big part of like why yeah. like there's such a strong community it, yeah. i'm not trying to toot my own no, home yeah, here yeah. but it's like when i was in my 20s basically we kind of had to fight tooth and nail to like find a place where we could actually just practice and was yeah. it at the art gallery um, it wasn't the art gallery. So the art gallery all, was a place because there's like the underground yeah. spot where it's like concrete yeah. and like it doesn't really get wet. Tony Hawk's so, underground. Yes. <laughs> so people would practice there. People yeah. used to like we used, would go there and actually like, actually practice because it's one of the only places yeah. That, yeah, yeah. where we could actually just like go. Yeah. But I took it upon myself to be like, well, fuck this. There's like all these like community like centers where it's like they have dance studios, but yeah. like nobody's, nobody's doing, using, nobody's doing, nobody's anything. using them. Like yeah, nobody's yeah. doing anything with them. So like I would literally had to go into these places and like pitch and be like, let us use this studio. And so there's a community center called Roundhouse. Not sure if you know yeah, what it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like it's on like Expo off. Boulevard, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So back in like the late 90s, basically we somehow finessed like being able to like practice there, mm-hmm. like just me and my crew. And from there, uh, it actually became this spot where people started coming because they heard that we were practicing there. So like me being the person that I am, I'm like, oh, like all these like other kids want to like come practice. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Come practice with us or whatever. Yeah. And this is actually a very funny story. So we actually, at some point, it started to grow and grow and grow that like literally 
kids from all around Vancouver would like show up to this community center on like a Friday night between yeah. like eight and like nine o'clock to like practice to the point where there was like 80 kids like in a gymnasium just like <laughs> spitting on their heads yeah. you know what I mean and like Crazy. trying to learn how to like be boy right <laughs> and so the funny story is this is that at that time my business partner in Goodfoot he, we lived in the same, we lived on the same block, but we actually didn't know each other. Okay. So he would pull up to the gym to try to like ball on a Friday night, <laughs> but there would be all these b-boy kids and he was like, yo, I can't ball. Like what the fuck? Like, why is there <laughs> all these fucking, like what's going on here? And it's not until after we actually met that we actually figured that out. That and he was so like, yo, funny. you used to run that night? <laughs> that, and that I was, was like, me. yeah, that was me. Like literally you couldn't play basketball because like we took over the gym, but yeah. then we turned it. So it basically became this thing that the pro like the community programmer was like maybe you sh- like we should think about this yeah. like at first they were like no we don't want all these kids there yeah. yeah and then it got to a point where they realized like whoa there's like literally like 13 year old kids and like you guys here like all kind of just like yeah doing something that's yeah. very productive yeah. you know yeah, what yeah, i mean 100%. it's like keeping kids off the street and they're like and learning they're something doing creative. something they're, they're doing something yeah, you know what i mean yeah right. no, of course and so he was like, maybe you should like actually like maybe we should actually talk about this. And so then we turned it into this whole thing where we were throwing these like yearly parties there okay. that was kind of on the level of like what they were doing in New York and Vancouver mm-hmm. to the point that we had people like from Seattle coming up to this party, people from Calgary coming up to this party to like literally like compete like I don't know, there was like 2000 kids like basically <laughs> doing like we would throw this party and we had people like DJ Spinner come out, yeah, and play yeah, because like our friends were promoters, yeah. Right? Oh, right, so you could put t- you could put two and two together. And so that we're like, this. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like let's do this party, let's bring up Spinner, and like he's gonna like DJ this like big like b boy event. Like we basically turned it into this night or like this program where it's like you could learn how to like do graf- like do graf- well art mm. quote, quote unquote <laughs> art because we couldn't say it was graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. learn how to DJ. We uh-huh. had like DJ Wax who at the time had won like DMC like okay. uh, championships. He was teaching people how to like DJ. And then we we're doing like this B-boy, uh, these B-boy classes or yeah. whatever. And then it, we would do this big thing where there would also be like MC battles and like all, so it was all the It was all the elements of hip hop. All the yeah. elements of hip hop. All yeah. The, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, the B, like the but then But then, okay, so, so you were saying though that within the, the start of Goodfoot, you were B-boying and simultaneously deciding whether or not to move to Toronto okay. to start so yes so that's happening but on the flip side to that right like hip-hop is fashion oriented you know what i mean it's like it's kind of hand in hand at the time and so again in the context of like those times you have to kind of like put it in the context of the times where it's like those were like there were bands like pnb uh um lrg Mm -hmm. like all Mm -hmm. these like massive brands that Mm -hmm. were "Quote unquote hip hop brands," you know what I mean? Yeah, I forgot about allergy. Yeah, right? Fuck, I always smell allergy. Right. <laughs> so, I was working for a company that was basically like a like a graffiti company, mm-hmm. right? And we would like go to like all these like trade shows, and like at those trade shows, there were like these massive like hip hop companies that were like or like quote unquote like clothing brands, hip hop mm-hmm. clothing brands that were uh, like that would show up at these massive trade shows, like yeah. massive trade like clothing trade shows, like. Uh, there's like one in Vegas, one in LA, like all these kind of like things or whatever. So like at the time, there's like this whole sort of market that's kind of like building around like quote unquote like the hip hop like culture. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But 
where kind of like where my boss was at and like where like he kind of like put us on was like these kind of underground companies like Supreme, uh-huh. like a bathing ape, uh-huh. you know, that were also kind of like doing something, but like was way more underground yeah. than like a LRG. And also just or cooler. <laughs> like, I mean, like just the graphics and all of those clothes were just like at totally. the time, like something like really interesting. Cause this was, I'm assuming this is like what, like early 2000s? This is like early 2000s. Cause like, cause I guess you could also say that it was also burgeoning in the sense of, it was all like the, the bubble was basically like expanding at that exact moment because uh-huh. you had things like, um, like the clips and Lil Wayne, I guess because it was 2006, but, but I mean, oh, that's even real. earlier than that. Like yeah, honestly, like, saying, yeah, cause like when you, when you put it in a timeline, like Supreme was from the nineties. Oh no, no, I know that. I was talking yeah. about Bape specifically. Right. Bape. So, Bape was kind of like happening at the same time that Supreme was happening, mm-hmm. and like in Japan, mm-hmm. like Bape and Supreme were like the brands right. at the time. So like late not like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, those were the brands that people were like really kind of like fucking with at the time. But like we're also doing things that were like so different than like mm-hmm. the hip hop brands, yeah. quote unquote. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you know, my kind of mentor kind of put us onto that. And when you look at like those like early graphics of like early like kind of like Supreme stuff and you know uh, like Babe stuff, particularly Supreme stuff, it was like it touched upon like the early kind of roots of like hip hop and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hip hop skate culture. Hip hop skate culture, and that's, and that's because it's so. It's just so New York. It's intrinsically New York. And that's the thing. It's like, that's where you're going to find, that's a place where it's like these people, whether they want to or not, are intertwined. Yeah, They're intertwined. But also at the same time, you have to understand that at the time, Supreme, like nobody knew what the fuck Supreme was. Like in the fucking like early, like late 90s, early 2000s. Unless you lived in New York. (laughs) Unless you lived in New York. Because it's like a particular uh, group of people and people that were involved in that. (laughs) Yeah. That basically shaped culture at the time. Well, you know I even remember I mean? watching kids, you know, yes. years later and being like, totally being like, there's a Supreme, sh-. like this is like the first yeah. time I ever saw it. I was like, how the yeah. fuck is there a Supreme Dude, shirt? Like, like all those people in like, kids are like, like what's yeah. going on? But like, those are like yeah. the people that were like, yeah. like literally in the scene at the time. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like shit like that. Like it became this, like, I think what I understood of that, like looking back to it now, what I understood is that like Supreme was like the brand for like, the streets yes you know what i mean regardless of whether it's like hip-hop or skate or whatever yeah but also again there was like this kind of sort of marriage of like skate kids and like hip-hop yes yeah particularly because it's like these are like fringe cultures at the time you know what i mean and so being in vancouver and being around all these like skate dudes right right there's a crossover there was just like this natural sort of like crossover Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so, yeah, so, like, it's a thing that kind of I got put onto, and, like, obviously it's something that I fuck with because of, like, the like the references and the things that, like, they were pulling at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that when I traveled to Toronto, I noticed that there wasn't that connection. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right? There wasn't this, like, like, there's only, there's a few people that at the time when I moved to Toronto that I could honestly say saw that yeah. right, right right and like these are people that kind of like help shape the community and the people and like what kind of is kind of like happening in mm-hmm. the streets mm-hmm. now yeah. you yeah. know yeah. what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. and so there's certain people that i was like oh you fuck with supreme like i fuck with you right, like, right, right you get it but that and that was the funny thing about kids and that's the interesting thing about streetwear at the time because like you're saying like you go into a good foot or whatever and you're like oh these are just nike shoes like like what the hell? But it was it's, there's this there's a level of if you know you know. So when I started getting into the, some, totally. some of the stuff when I was younger, like you know, 
I'd be walking and I'd see someone wearing a pair of like Tiffany dunks and be like, you know, and that's oh, yeah, all, you that's know, all, you know all, what's and, up. Yeah, but like yeah. To, to anybody else, it's like, oh, those are just like blue and black like shoes. No, like, but that, that fashion shit is such a calling card for like who you're gonna try to be friends with when you first move to the city, especially, yes. and when you're just like growing up. It's like you see someone that dresses like you, and that's like, yeah, hey, or or has a thing that you <laughs> like. And it, yeah. But it's 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 like it's like any sort of mono, sorry, not monoculture, subculture. Yeah. It is, it's a it, signifier. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's a it's it about is. being in a club. That like no one know it's like it's it's like you know it's like yeah, I'm in the it, yeah we find a uniform in some way yeah like, and, and yeah, even yeah. with like even like but it's all even when we were talking about like band shirts the other day it's like yeah. the same thing where it's like it's like you basically are just wearing a shirt with a couple of words on it yeah but like if you know what that is yeah. then you're like oh you we should be friends well, then it, so you're like yeah, we should yeah, be yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. well I mean that's the interesting thing about uh, like the the relationship between fashion and music in general right mm-hmm. because you have to remember I come from a very different time. Right, I come from a time when like what you wore signified like what you were into. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, in the era that I grew up, I'm like trying not to like date myself here. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it, like in the like era that like you grew up, right? Like if you're a hip hop kid. You dress like you're hip hop. Yeah. You're a fucking punk kid. Yeah. You dress like you yeah. fucking listen. Well, there to punk was no music. mix. There was, there no, was mix no mix of, of, of right of clothing. Yeah. 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 And like, if you're a skate kid, you're a skate kid, and you like you listen to like you know you dress a certain way so that you signify outwardly like I'm into this shit. Yes. Yeah. Well, I right? have a. Yeah. I was talking about this literally like two days ago. I remembered when I was in grade seven, which is such a you know important time in your life where you're like discovering like, like who you are yeah, and whatnot yeah. yeah and i remember i you know i had my one pair my pair of shoes that i got for the year to go to school and they were like basketball shoes they were just like yeah. they were and one basketball shoes and like you know however many months in to this to grade seven i discovered that i liked blink 182 and punk and i was like i'm a punk we're fucking basketball but i was like i have these fucking basketball shoes like i I need converse yeah yeah my fits just didn't and there's photos of me where i'm just like clearly waiting for the next year to come where i get like a new pair of shoes wearing skinny jeans and and ones no it's like literally and (laughs) so what what year was that that's probably 2000 and i'm gonna say maybe 2000 2001 2001 see that yeah that's very interesting yeah I have this uh, interesting sort of di- sort of dynamic with like fashion and clothing, mm-hmm. particularly because um, like my own experience, it, it, it was very juxtaposed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in my life that kind of like informed like who I should be and what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. But like, I totally just like bucked the system and was like, I, like, who cares? Like, I'm going to listen to Nirvana. Like, I grew up a hip hop kid. Like, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. like looked at me in the 90s, the way I dressed, I look like a hip hop kid. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I was so into so many other different right. things right? right and like different sounds and different like just looks and so many just like influences particularly because of like how i grew up yeah that i was the hip-hop kid that like listened to nirvana yeah, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like but it, people, but it is interesting to think about those days because i feel like and i'm sure you would agree with me it was like you like you said i was a hip-hop kid who listened to nirvana because i feel like you still had to pick you're like tribe in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And be like, I'm going to listen to this shit and I like oh, it. Oh yeah, but I like, got but like, but like this, but, I, but I'm that, I'm, 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 you know? Yeah, like I got clowned. Like people people would be like, ask me, like my hip hop friends would be like, what are you listening to? And I'd be like, oh, I'm listening to Nirvana. <laughs> and they're like, yo, what the, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> fuck but now the problem is that like people are, I sound like such a gatekeeper, but like people are dressing like a certain thing without actually being into the thing. Well, that's you know a whole. I mean? That's a whole other issue. That's a whole. Okay, yeah. so I have, how do you feel so about that? I have what I have. So I have a theory behind this, yeah. right? And. it's sort of like an anthropological theory Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. that when I look at sort of like how technology, fashion, culture, 
like all sort of like plays out. Mm-hmm. There's a specific date. There's a specific era that I think kind of fucked everything up. Okay. Right. Because what it was is that there's this era where particularly music became so accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what I think is what it is, is the iPod, yes, right? 100%. That music became so accessible to everybody that you, like people were given the permission to like listen to a Nirvana, yeah. listen yes. to yeah, like yeah. all these different types mm-hmm. of music yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of like kind of uh, like that whole system of like what you wear and what you dress, yeah, uh, like how you dress doesn't signify like what you're into and like the type of things that like and you also, and influence you to, to take like to push it forward into modern day like to now. Uh, people don't dress like the way that their favorite band dresses. No. You know, that used to be how it was. Like you used to like yeah. kind of like find your music. Yeah. And then you'd look at the band and be like, okay, sick. That's how I'm going to wear it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the rapper now. or but anything. now it's like yeah. people are just finding it through, you know, kind of anonymous people on the internet. You know, people well, who it's are more, not tied with any other culture. They're yeah. just, that's their. Well, I think it's more so like what you're like, what you actually like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah. You know it's about dressing the way you actually, yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, like what do you fuck with? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can mash up a whole bunch of different styles and they're like that's your own style and that's yeah. what like what you feel like wearing like yeah. cool like yeah, 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 you yeah. know people don't really look twice at that anymore yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there was a very specific time in this sort of like timeline of like culture that i i found very interesting right so again coming from the era that like was like kind of hip-hop baggy clothes like all that kind of yeah. like stuff right mm-hmm. at the time like i you know we were doing nomad at the time right and you know, Nomad had a very sort of specific viewpoint and it was always trying to like kind of push the envelope and like put people onto like things that like, you know, you maybe wouldn't see here in Toronto or like bringing sort of other brands and cultures like from other parts of the world. It's Mm -hmm. why we call it Nomad. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like we're trying to bring something from like what we experience and what we sort of like see around the world Mm -hmm. and kind of infuse it into like our own local community. Mm So, like, to me, the funny part about this is that there's, like, this moment where it's, like, you know, being a hip-hop head, you, like, dress, like, baggy. Like, you have, like, big baggy jeans. You fucking, you know, wore a hoodie with fucking, like, sneakers on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there was this switch that happened where skinny jeans became, like, a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, like, <clears throat> it was always this thing to me where I was, like, oh, okay, how are we going to get people on skinny jeans? And then somewhere along the line, it switched and, like... Even the hip hop heads were wearing like skinny jeans, <laughs> and like everyone's wearing just skinny jeans to the point where it was just like, "Yo, this is kind of a problem because these jeans are getting like skinnier and skinnier." <laughs> to the point where I'm like, "This actually doesn't look cool to me. It doesn't look cool." And I'm like, "Yo, like these rappers need to like check themselves because like now, because like back in the day, people used to clown you for wearing skinny jeans, yeah, yeah. but now like these rappers are wearing like the skinniest." I jeans. saw I saw a video of Redman. Like, like I'm talking like now, and he's dude, wearing red man in skinny jeans. It's pretty also like, I'm like, dude, no. That fucks with me because to me, like red man is like the ultimate b boy. Like yeah. he's like in a North Face. Like yeah. he should be like Tim Boots hoodie yeah, it's fucked down. Up. I know. It's really I mean? fucked up. It also, it's also the funniest thing I'll say too about rappers wearing skinny jeans is. Oftentimes you didn't actually I mean you assumed what their frame looked like. But when like I'm talking about nineties rappers, but yeah. when they're wearing big ass clothes, like they looked big. Yeah. Menacing. And to see Sick. someone like yeah. that man in like a tight like a small little shirt and like tight red. Dude, pants it fucks me up. Like a, a funny beat. I'm like, who are their stylists? I'm like they because like this is the also the funny thing. The funny thing is is like who's their stylist? Because like yeah. honestly Oh, they these guys do not have stylists. They like they should still be on like the hit like they should still be on like the baggy shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Because when you look at it and it's again, it's also this funny cultural moment where it's just like 
you know, like I've seen so many memes about it where it's like the gay guys look like you know, I know, I like know, rappers, I know. and then the rappers look like the gay guys. It's you know what so I mean? I'm like, yo, this is fucking. It's like, actually <laughs> so funny to like think about. It's so funny to like, think about, to like me. especially just like yeah, like like like. Can you imagine show it like if if, if I keep using Redman as an example, but whatever you got to see. Dude, Redman is like my but favorite. He's right like now. one of my favorite rappers oh, he's all time. Incredible, hands incredible. down. Incredible. Like he was one of the sickest. I had like the best flows, like the craziest. He's shit. the best. All the yeah. gym bros now wear skinny jeans. Yeah. No, this is this like, is like a cultural thing. whole yeah. thing now. It's, it's a, like yeah. it's it's just the sort of. It's just the fact that like, you know, baggy jeans have have, have taken over. Not yeah. baggy jeans, baggy pants have taken over, but like the sort of I don't want to say basic, but you know what I mean? The, those that are just going to like it's just well, like follow a trend. Yes, yeah. they're yeah. just going to be like, "No, I wear skinny jeans." Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. even like a fucking like I don't know, like Same Andrew Tate or one of those guys. School. Like those guys <laughs> were like, Yeah. No, it's, true. Yeah. It's yeah. very true. And it's yeah. like this funny Yeah. It's this funny like kind of like dichotomy of like, okay, like like who who, who what are you following? You know, because like on <laughs> one level, on one level they're like so like like rife with like toxic masculinity yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. but then at the same time like you're wearing skinny jeans I guess like you're, at you're some just... point people used to like clown people who were wearing skinny yeah. jeans because they were like yo you're gay like, you're talking you about how men jeans. need to be men yet you're wearing skinny jeans and i can see your thighs <laughs> but they're like yeah. but, but they're also the, like they're the ones that are gonna like you know call you like slurs you know yeah what? it's the wildest thing to yeah. me and it's like this funny kind of like uh sort of whatever political dichotomy of yeah. like mm-hmm. what masculinity is and whatever the case yeah. may be whatever yeah it's another topic <laughs> <laughs> well what is it tell us <laughs> well we could get into it i don't know if you want to get into it <laughs> we still think it's okay then good foot okay so good foot yeah so good foot um which good, to, to go in the era of pants we'll say that this is a baggy pants era. this is a baggy pants era. yeah Ish. it was definitely a baggy pants era for sure it was like a let's a, use pants now as a reference yeah. for over the years <laughs> where, where are we in the time sure. <laughs> um yeah good foot i mean good foot was like definitely born out of like like the idea of good foot was definitely born out of like a hip-hop ideology yeah, yeah right yeah. it's like this idea of like but sorry so you you were one of the people that started good foot Yes. Okay. 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 So, so there is a whole nother story behind the like how Giftfoot started and how like that whole like the the origin of good the origin story of Giftfoot was uh-huh. like a whole scam. But a whole scam? It was it was very much a scam. <laughs> it was very much like us being like kind of like young dudes like kind of hustling. Because I read somewhere that you guys were selling shoes out of the out of a out of a car. So yes, so <laughs> there's very much like this. So I so I met Matt George, right? Mm-hmm. So Matt George was like the sort of like other half of Goodfoot, and he's like the one of the co-founders. Basically, like he was kind of like he like quite honestly, he was the guy that was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna open a sneaker store." Yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, like there was like undefeated and like a life kind of opened up, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like you know we're kind of getting these references from like New York and like LA, right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, fuck it. Like, he was just like, fuck it. I want to open a, like, a sneaker store. We were, li- like, literally when I met Matt. So, okay. So, let me backtrack a little bit here. So, at the time when we moved to Toronto, right, this was the time of, like, uh, and I-, I don't know if, like, you guys have a reference to this, but basically this was around the time where, like, so my boss in Vancouver, he was basically making these, like, uh, Air Forces where he would basically make like put like a louis vuitton swoosh on it okay so he was like doing this like in vancouver right and basically he was selling it to union in la okay or sorry in new york okay so 
if you don't know what Union is, Union basically is like one of like the OG stores along with Supreme. So okay. like the person who owned um, Union um, basically was married to the guy who owned Supreme. Okay. So together between like Union and Supreme, they were like the kind of like it stores of like New York, yeah. right? And so my boss was basically like making these like sneakers where he would take like an Air Force One and like switch it out mm -hmm. and like basically put like a Louis Vuitton swoosh on an Air Force and mm -hmm. selling it to the people in New York and like New York ate it up. Like that's like the yeah. that's like that's like from the era of like Dapper Dan where like yeah. you yeah. know he was like making like bootleg like uh, like Louis Gucci shit yeah. Yeah. for like Eric B and Rakim and like all this kind of like stuff right. or whatever. So like New York was like eating it up, right? So like he had this idea and he's like he was doing it or whatever kind of thing. But when I moved to basically when I moved to Toronto, so we were supposed to franchise like like his kind of whole operation right, here right. to Toronto. So when we talked about it, what the basically the move to Toronto was like okay, you guys move to Toronto, you open guys up, like open up one of my stores, open up one of my stores, yeah, like you. you guys put down the roots, right? Because like we were those guys, like we were the guys that were like in the scene, yeah. we were b boying, people knew us, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's like when we moved to Toronto, like when me and my other business partner Zeb, when we moved to Toronto, like people already knew us because we were touring with the Rascals, right, right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. We were like coming to Toronto and like battling people here in Toronto, and people were like oh shit, like when we moved here, like the whole b boy community was like oh shit, like JZR and Zeb like moved here or whatever kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already kind of like had, moves. yeah, we kind of already had like made a move and people were like, oh shit, okay, like cool, crazy that yeah, yeah, they yeah. had moved here or whatever. But so the whole premise was that we were supposed to move here and open up, franchise one of his stores. So when he came here, he came here to like whole, suss out the whole situation and he was like, fuck it, I don't want to do it. And we were like, well, okay, like we kind of moved here thinking like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you're like down for this, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's clearly a whole market for it, yeah. right? And like, if you don't see that, then like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the time there was like, you know, there was like some stores kind of like doing it, like the Vice store or yeah. whatever, right? Like the Vice was, store. Where, that was on Queen, right? It was on Queen Street. Yeah. It's where the Reigning Champ store is right now. I'm taking a little BTS photo. Um, but uh, yeah, so like the Vice store and Uncle Otis were kind of like selling like Futura shit and like, Stuff like right. that. That was kind of like in the same vein of like what we we're doing. But like nobody was really kind of like fucking with Supreme or like mm. doing anything like that or like Bape out here yeah. at the time. So the whole premise was that we were supposed to move out here and like franchise one of his stores. But he was like, fuck it, I don't want to do it. But me being the fucking like shithead that I am, I'm like, okay, well, fuck, if you don't want to fucking do it, I'm going to fucking do it myself. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I found a guy yeah. on Dundas Street that literally would like. I literally would unstitch a fucking like Nike swoosh on a pair of like white Air Force Ones and find like a bootleg fucking like Louis bag yeah. and like cut out a swoosh and got him to like sew it on. Yeah. And was literally selling it like on the streets being like, yo, like really I got like some fucking Louis like Air Forces. And then at the time, the story, like the legend of like these like Louis Air Forces became a thing that people on the streets were like, yo, what the fuck are these? Like, yo, let me get like, let me get a pair of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, so where on the street were you selling these? Like, like what? Like Queen Street? So low key, we were selling them out of the fucking like, like back door out of Vice. Like we would have them in the fucking like in the, <laughs> the case at Vice. But like the Vice guys, it was a crazy time. And the retail store was really just kind of an afterthought. It was like, so it was like a party house. Basically. It was just basically yeah. a party house. So like we were just doing whatever we fucking wanted out of the vice store. And we started selling them out of the fucking vice store. So people started coming to the vice store being like, yo, I heard you got these like Louis Air Force Ones. <laughs> and I'd be like, cool, let me take your order. I'm gonna go get them done for you. And then like, you know, two weeks later they come back and like cop these like yeah, Louis yeah. Air Force Ones. 
And so then my business partner, so Matt George, found out about it. And then he pulled up to the store because he had just moved here at the same time from Vancouver. And basically he was like, yo, I heard you're doing these like Louis Air Force Ones. Let me like sell these Gucci Air Force Ones out of here too. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I looked at them and I was like, yo, these are like too crazy. Like these are like quality on this is like bunk. Like like, I can't sell this. But basically that's how I met Matt George. Mm -hmm. And from there we started like dipping to New York and like going to New York and buying sneakers that were only available in New York right, right, and then right. just like driving them back over the border and selling them out of vice and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I got these like New York exclusives. Yeah. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Damn. So then people started like realizing like, oh, okay. Like this is the spot where I like go and like get these like rare air forces or rare sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> so then at one point he was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to open up a store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole nother story that I will not divulge on this, but like basically so Goodfoot basically started on an SB account, but Goodfoot was actually the first. So SB is like the skate account, mm-hmm. right? But at the time, so it was basically the second generation of like Nike SBs. Yeah. Um, and Goodfoot was the only, I probably to this day, the only non-skate account. Yeah. From Nike yeah. to have an SB account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, we took all of those sneakers and like went to Japan and like flipped them all in Japan for like triple retail. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how we like funded the whole like Goodfoot operation yeah, because yeah. it's like we had access to these sneakers. And then once we had the sneakers, we literally put like broke down the boxes, put the sneakers in a bag, went to Japan and pulled up to stores in Japan and sold them to like these like yeah. off brand retailers. Cause like in Japan, there's like, uh, these kind of like non-authorized like Nike yeah. dealers yeah. where they had like the rarest of shit and we would pull up and like open up a bag and they'd be like, how much you want? <laughs> and we were selling it for like triple retail and then would like come back with like all this money. <laughs> it's like the craziest memories. There was like a memory of us like in Japan where it's like we rented out this hotel room and we couldn't see each other from in the room because there was just mountains of sneakers. <laughs> What? That, like we had traded for and yeah. was like <laughs> oh basically had to God. break down the boxes and then ship them back to like Canada. That's you guys shit. never got any like trouble for this or anything or like yeah, definitely got in trouble because <laughs> the vice guys found out really about the shit. Yeah, it was funny. And so then what? like they were like, "Yo, you scammed us all." And I was like, "Sorry, they're all gone." I was like, "I don't know what you want to do." Like whatever. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Damn. I don't know if I should be telling that, but yeah, wow. it's so long ago. <laughs> it's so long ago. It's so long ago, honestly. And Vice is literally like about to like crumble at this point. Yeah. So there might not even they're be like, Vice. yeah, they're like a huge empire at this yeah. point. Yeah. That's also failing. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's literally how Goodfoot started. It was like started on like a Because like when like I think of hustle. the like, you know, the the chokehold that it had on the city at the time, it was just something that I was like there's just such an era of me that was like based around this store and like seeking not even necessarily the approval but like you know you wanted to like you know i started going there enough that like i remember when like you know someone was just like how's it going man and i was like yes <laughs> yeah 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 you're like someone talked to you yeah and they were like nice to you yeah yeah, yeah. oh was, yeah yeah even like your cousin yes was like, well like, my niece actually. niece niece okay yeah so my niece yeah my niece did work at the but shop. again like she started yeah. being like hey what's up have you been upstairs it's Stussy now i was like oh like oh cool like you, you know me and then like i don't yeah. know it was just like people started like so yeah. there's actually, I think there's actually a moment where it's like, um, I kind of remember 
like kind of like learning about you and like what you did mm-hmm. with like little girls yeah, yeah, to yeah. Nick. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cause you're friends with Nick. Yeah. Right. And Nick. So we hired Nick particularly for a specific reason. Okay. And that, so the reason why I pushed to actually have Nick come and be like, be one of our peoples was because we were notorious for having that reputation (laughs) where it's like people were like hella intimidated to come in the store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Particularly because like the good foot crew and like, you know, ransom crew, whatever, like, yeah, everyone's kind of like, you know, hard body, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, yeah, okay. If you fuck with it, you fuck with it. Cause that was very much our MO. Like if you knew about it, you fuck with it, you support it. But like, if you don't, then fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But you know what, honestly, but this is something that I find really interesting because, you know, I hate to say it, but I miss it because it kind of doesn't exist anymore. And not to be like, because at the end of the day, you guys, you guys were gatekeepers. Yeah, it was gatekeeping. It was definitely and gatekeeping. Like, but not to be like, I miss it. But there was something like all of my favorite things and these things. And again, of course, they sucked at the time. Not even sucked, but we're like, you know, a different experience at the time. But it was like, you know, the idea of going into, you know. Uh, the shoe store and everyone being like kind of mean and you're scared and it's a whole thing and then you Versus, have to earn the respect I think that still but even, but even with the record store when I started to get it more into music like going to the record store is a whole yeah. other thing and people being like you're buying this record like ugh and you're kind of just like oh, okay but like <laughs> yes. that was like an interesting well no but the thing is that you guys actually kind of like talked about that yeah. mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. in a roundabout way in like one of your uh, recent podcasts mm-hmm. right it was like this whole idea of like incubation and like ha- letting things have like it's like it's time yeah. to grow yeah. and yeah, become yeah. like its own thing exactly you know what I mean? yeah mm-hmm. yeah instead of becoming lame within yeah two, like within, five minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah five because minutes, of like yeah. the internet or yes. instagram or whatever the case yeah. may be right yeah. so you guys kind of talked about that yeah. and like what that actually sort of reminded me of is like uh it, it's a very it's so it's like this model that's uh I don't know if you've ever read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. I haven't. Okay, so this is like very much the idea of like how things became a trend, Mm -hmm. right? And so Malcolm Gladwell wrote this book about like how what he thought the sort of arches of Mm -hmm. like how things become a trend. And in that book, what he explains is that there's certain things like in how things become a trend where it needs an incubation period. Like it needs that time to like for it to grow and mm-hmm. for it to like disseminate to a certain amount of people. Yeah. And create a foundation and create a foundation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of written a book that sort of, uh, kind of goes against that because of like the idea that like we are so past that at yeah. this point because mm-hmm. things get consumed so much more faster mm-hmm. that that model is actually out of date. But back in the day, you can pretty much date trends and how things became popular right. to that model. Yeah. Right? right. It's like this idea of like mavens and connectors and like people who are like, you know, who falls under those categories. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you know, the mavens are like people who are like creators and all of that sort of stuff. And then the connectors are the people that like kind of put that onto like the, the public onto yeah, that sort like of the stuff. consumers, yeah. yeah, the consumers or whatever yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. But within that dynamic, there's this uh, period of like incubation yeah. where it's like, you know, if you think about it, like back in the day, you know, in order to be put onto like hip hop music, like you literally had to go to New York yeah. to like dig through the fucking stores and like go experience it. Like actually in New York, if you want to experience <laughs> yeah. fashion, you had to go to Paris to experience fashion yeah. and be like, see it firsthand. Yeah. But in this day and time, we see it so fast. We just, yeah. we just, yeah, it's just a, it's like, yeah, click. The other thing too, is that like in going to these stores and dealing with these like gatekeepy people and like having the, 
the opportunity to face that judgment, you really have to be sure that you like exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have to be willing to stand up for yeah. it yeah. when the person looks at you like a fucking loser. That's very much know? the attitude yeah. that we had at like yeah. Good Foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Good Foot yeah. Nomad, we're like, okay, if you're about this shit, then yeah. you're about it. Yeah. There was a time when we were selling Supreme shit and like, it didn't sell out. People yeah. were like, why is this fucking t-shirt $100? And yeah. we're like, okay, if you don't get it, then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. We're like, fuck you. Like, if you don't fucking get it, like, if you don't know, if you don't know the research, if you don't do the fucking mathematics, yeah. then get yeah. out of here. Yeah. yeah. There's literally times where we kick people out of store. We're like, fuck off. Like, honestly, we can't deal with you. And you don't know Supreme, get the fuck out. Yeah. No, literally. And then people would be like, oh, it's like you see that person like months later being like, Oh, oh like, I'll take oh, this shirt. Research. Yeah, you're like, oh, like you're I'll back, take it huh? like hundred dollars. Here's my credit card. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Damn. This is the weird thing about like now is that there's so much shit about then that I like am just I didn't even wasn't even really cognizant in 2000 but like yeah. you know like i have this weird nostalgia for uh-huh. uh and then i think about Honestly, like, it was sick yeah and then i think about how it is now and i'm like on paper it is better now right 100 percent. yeah on paper it is so much better it's more accepting it's yes. more accepting it's more diverse yeah, there's it's more you know, diverse there, yeah, there's exactly. like there's so many things yeah. that are so much better but but there is something that i miss about it you know yeah and i i've and i <laughs> i feel like i still strive to like find a new thing like it's almost like i want to discover something where people are just like no 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 you're not you you, you can't well, get into this i think this is why and then i'm irony, gonna be like oh yeah well, i'm gonna get into it i think this know? is why so many people are so irony pilled yeah is because like or like like things just yeah. that like uh, things yeah. that are like so clearly bad you know yeah yeah and that, but that and that's where it just gets stupid because it's though, kind yeah. of like a cop-out well, yeah. yeah exactly it's yeah. like i'm gonna like this thing that's so clearly bad because then i'm liking something that's different like yeah, i can I like it and if everyone is like cool with me liking it then cool but like yeah. if it's bad then i can just be like oh it's bad but it's like ironic yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's yeah. Like, but i still i still yeah 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 it's weird yeah no it's, it's definitely like it's definitely i mean that era particularly was it was very gatekeepy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like it was like in the sense where it's like if you like and in a way, like I kind of, I do kind of miss that era yeah. because it's like you really had to come correct. Like mm-hmm. if you, like if you were that person, like if you wanted to represent a, like a certain thing or a particular fashion, mm-hmm. music, or whatever, like you really had to come correct. And the culture, the culture around it too was, it was, it was a culture beyond just the clothes. There was yeah. like it was like by going to these shops, like I was always like, what, what, what are they playing right now? Yeah, like, what is the music? Yeah. Like where do they all go? Like, you know what I mean? You yeah. want to find out more because there's just so much yeah. more to it than just like. Well, they're beacons of like culture, right? Yeah. And it, it it branches off into other little things and like absolutely. You know, I'm sure like fucking like. I'm all the over, like things have spawned out of it, you know, like so many things. <laughs> like, I don't know, Drake. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, no, really, honestly, like out of four three one. So like we had a building, and it was four three one. It was at Richmond and Spadina, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh-huh. And yeah, dude, like the like you know, like Drake. He like there his CD was literally on the counter, and I was like, who is this person? I was like, why is this on the like why is this on the counter? Who the take, fuck you know, take, take this trash out of here. <laughs> it was like take care, and I was like, what is this? I was like, why is this on the counter? Yeah. But yeah, like he you rolled through the doors. Oh, he was you know there what I mean? All, like I used to see him. Like like I would just see him there, just like by himself, like buying like some shoes. Yeah, and I'd be like, absolutely. And I, and I was like, and he was so not like cool or a thing. I was like, nobody I, knew who I was he like, was. Oh, there's a fucking guy again. Yeah, there's Aubrey. The weekend shoes. used to like <laughs> sit on the stoop yeah. before anyone knew who he was. Like you know, <laughs> before he even like had a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so 
it was pretty iconic in the sense that like you know it spawned a lot of culture out mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. toronto yeah and you know to this day like people are like yeah 431 was like legendary yeah and you know me being the person i'm like okay whatever it's just like it's what we did you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like it was a hub that allowed people at the end of the day it was a place where like culture was funneled through it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had the right people the 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 staff the brands like all that kind of stuff yeah that in a way again not tuning my own horn did like shape a lot of culture no yeah. it did like, like you know what i mean in so many facets that you wouldn't even think like yeah like, I, like so many people worked there you yeah, know what i mean like so many people worked there so many people just like some people would, shop there. I had, one time I had just Blaze come in the store. Actually, <laughs> this is a funny story. I was actually this was very early days. Yeah. I was working the floor by myself at Goodfoot, yeah. right? And we were playing. So we had discovered this Japanese dude. His name's Cash the Handsome, right? Yeah. Big Japanese guy, right? Uh, like hip hop artist or whatever now. Mm-hmm. But he used to have these mixtapes that basically, like, he was making these mixtapes that basically like gave all of like uh just blazes like samples oh shit and like uh like kanye samples yeah yeah, right and so there was like three volumes or whatever and randomly one day just blaze just like walked in the store (laughs) and his first reaction is like oh damn like look at all these sneakers like yo where are these sneakers from and he's like asking me all these questions whatever like yo can i try this on whatever blah 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 and i'm like cool 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 whatever and so i'm like in the back trying to find like his sizes for like things or whatever and I could hear him on the floor. He's like, yo, damn, yo, like, what the fuck? He's like, whose fucking mixtape is this? When I come out, he's like, whose fucking mixtape is this? Because this mixtape, like, has me exposed. It was literally, like, all of his samples. And he's like, this is fucked up. He's like, whoever did this mixtape did all their research. Like, it's every sample that he fucking put. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. I was like, this is the funniest shit. And he was just like, yo, honestly... I kind of feel away, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that's wild!" Damn, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about. Hold on, that, let's 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 go back into pants for a second here. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what era? Well, I wanted to kind of throw this back again to so this workwear thing. When do you think? Well, first of all, do you think that workwear is what kind of changed the size of pants? The the, the rise of workwear. Because as I'm trying to look back on pants and like the skinny jeans going back into a wider pant for men, obviously. Like, I feel like Carhartts were like the thing that kind of went back to a big pant. Do you think it was workwear? Um, or am I wrong? I could be wrong. Okay, so like, have you like have you watched like the, the like the new Wu Tang like TV show? No. I haven't actually. No, no. It's, it's actually kind of interesting. Okay. A number one because like I'm trying to figure because like it's a dramatization of like the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. And like their rise. Yeah. In like you know popular culture and like music or whatever, right? But like there's a very specific like era of like uh, fashion that mm-hmm. is like part of like the visual aspect of mm-hmm. the TV show. But when you think about it, right. If you think about the eighties, right. Like all the rappers from the eighties, like grandmaster flash, yeah. like Melly Mel, like all those dudes, like they wore skinny jeans. Yeah. Like they wore like <laughs> yeah. skinny, like leather outfits, like very much like oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy, like oh, yeah. kind of like shit where it was like tight leather. Yeah. Like a yeah, leather, leather hat. like yeah. hat, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like a, uh, like kind of like a biker kind of cop style yeah. kind of hat. And it was like this whole dichotomy of like, okay, like that was a styling in the eighties. Right. Yeah. And then it switched over to this like kind of hip hop style. Yeah. So there's like kind of this, to me, what it is is like 
uh like where like where did that happen yeah. what like what happened there that like people started to like dress like hip-hop yeah or like this quote-unquote like hip-hop style with like baggy clothes like hoodies timberlands yeah. like all that kind of like stuff and personally what i feel it's just like it, it it's an economic thing mm-hmm. right because what it is is that it's these people from low-income families from like you know uh situations where it's like they don't have money mm-hmm. but they had to make and create a style of their own. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. coming from like a, yeah. from like if you're involved in music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to take like what is available to you and vibe it out. Yeah, yeah. You so know what you, I mean? So do you think that basically all, not all, but do you think a lot of this is pulling from like, you know, like lower income, like socioeconomic. Yeah, like to the point where totally. even workwear. I, I, like, I, like it's, it's oh, it the always way, does. The way, yeah. like, like, it's a yeah. funny one to think about because, like, obviously, hip hop is a very easy one. We could just talk about that. But like, when you think of workwear, there is something funny about like you know rich people being like, being like, ooh, I want to wear workwear now. You yeah, know what I mean? It's it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of fucked up, but yeah. like, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, it's like it's stupid in the sense of like a trend. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it's like okay, like, what's the new trend or, like, whatever the case may be. But, like, when you put it in the context of, like, a socioeconomic Mm -hmm. sort of context, right, it comes from pain. Yeah, It comes from, like, not having things. You know what I mean? And hip-hop culture is, that is at the epitome of what hip-hop culture is. It comes from a place of pain, and, and a place of trying like, to find a place in your world and but like and also making something out of nothing out of nothing <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah. and yeah. like making a mark on this world out of nothing like that's what graffiti is you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. like graffiti is like let me get my name up on fucking every building out yeah, there so yeah, people yeah. know my fucking name yeah but in a way that is like illegal yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. and, and like cost next to nothing like, yeah cost next to nothing yeah, yeah. you know what well, I, mean? I mean even let's look at hip-hop it's literally just like Two turntables and a microphone. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like let's just play other people's music. Yeah, I'm gonna MC this DJ party, and that's literally how rap. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. so that's the era that I come from, mm-hmm. right? So that's like that's like my idea of hip hop. So the question I have for you guys is that, so I have like my own sort of relationship with hip hop, uh-huh. right? And like where we're at with hip hop now, yeah. and like where hip hop is now, I kind of don't fuck with it yeah. because I'm like, like they're like there's this weird like yeah. people think that like you have to be rich or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, yeah, like yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. wear designer brands and like mm-hmm. all this kind of like stuff. And like on some level, I fuck with it because I'm like, yeah, I want to be rich. Yeah, yeah, I want to wear designer yeah, clothes, yeah. you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's counters to the essence of like hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when you listen to hip hop now, like yeah. when you listen to like current hip hop, yeah. does it turn you off? I mean, I don't really listen to a lot of new hip hop these days, to yeah. be totally honest. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, with the exception of like some like big... Like I like like Lil Uzi Vert like a little bit like yeah. I like I like that I just want to when something song. comes I think it's, out yeah listen, yeah, yeah. Um, I like eat <laughs> do you actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure <laughs> but like I mean honestly like I, I've actually had a funny thing because there was also a, a kind of a couple of years ago it was very uncool to listen to like '90s hip hop. Now I don't actually think that. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I, I was the only person I like one of the only rappers that I still listen to like consistently is Big L. Yeah, like. But oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But all of that shit, I, A, throughout that whole thing, just was always into it. Yeah. I always just liked it. And we listen to other shit. Oh, too, it's but so like, hard. Like, it's honestly, like, my, like, when I go back to, like, 90s hip hop, no, as uncouth as it may be to, like, listen to it at the time or whatever the case may be, it's like, when I go back to some of that stuff, I'm like, yo, this is honestly one of the most, like, creative yeah. time periods of, like, music period. No, it's, yeah. the, oh, yeah. it's literally the best. Like, I yeah. literally, like, two days ago, it's just like, I was on a walk, and I was just like, I was like, you know what? It's time to put on Mob Deep's The Infamous. Yeah. Thousand times. It's crazy. <laughs> and I was just, like, walking around. Some of the production, like, the pro- some of, like, 
have you ever have you seen like the videos of like the I production? I sent yeah, you one. Yeah, yeah, once. you I did. Said, That's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's amazing. No, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like premiere, like premiere, all that shit. Like prodigy, all those guys. Dude, it's, it's like wild. Incredible. Like from a production prodigy, standpoint, um, it is like honestly yeah. the most wildest shit to think of that like they created this music from. Like, like, like little samples. tiny little yeah. jazz samples and yeah. stuff, but it's, it's funny because like yeah, it's. But here's my thing. I think we're gonna have a comeback of like, I don't want to say backpacker, but ninety. I think it's coming back in a weird way. I think well, the are, essence, the essence, the essence, of that? the sound. Yeah. I think we're getting even when you look at like Lil Yachty doing his like little okay, so Lil Yachty album. Do you, like do you like okay, it? So do you <laughs> not like it? Here's like, the thing. I definitely I, fell victim to the to the to the. I liked it the first time I listened. Same. I, I tried like, to listen to it again today actually, and was like, oh. No, I love huh. the first song. Love yeah, the first. A lot song. of it's really good. I, I, I okay. No, it my just thing didn't is hit the first. As I, much as the first. Time. Exactly. I remember when I remember, Okay, for example, when I first heard it, I was like, "This is fucking insane." And like, I we got into I got yeah. into a car with Austin. He was driving. I was like, "You gotta hear this shit." I was yeah. like, "We're getting dinner." And I was like, "You gotta listen to this. This is crazy." <laughs> He's like, "It's fucking crazy." And I was like, "Yeah, it's crazy." And my point is that like, I think it's very good. Yeah. I just think that my initial like. I'm such a victim of hype that that day I was like, this is the fucking best album. <laughs> and I don't think it's well, the best of the year, but I think it's good. Sonically, it's very different than it's what, fair, like, it's what's out there. No, it's great. You know it's what great. I mean? And like, I applaud him for like, uh, trying to like do something that's like very different. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I kind of agree with you guys. Yeah. Like uh, upon like second, third, fourth listen, yeah. you're like, well, okay, like this could be, like this, like you start to kind of put the, the, the yeah. two and two together. You're yeah. like, oh, this yeah. is kind of like this song or this is kind yeah. of like, yeah vibing off of this or whatever this the case is, yeah. may be it's, yeah and that's the thing is that i just i think it's good i just think that like when it came out everyone was freaking out i just like you know fell victim to that hype well as also well. the hype of it's not even just the hype of everyone else's reaction it's the hype of just hearing it for the first yeah, time and that and, and that's, just being surprised by yeah. every track it, well it's so different right but then it goes yeah. back the to what is, saying, which sucks is like the fact that like you know i had that reaction and then literally like you know a week later i'm like man it's like I but hate I the don't, fact that that's how we consume things now. It's just like I'm like I'm as much as I criticize it, I did it too. Do you think that's a product of that, or is that just a product of like it, like kind of like an M Night Shyamalan shock being not as rewarding? I think that's, that's exactly. <laughs> you know? I think that's exactly what it is. I think we're missing repeat value in some of these things because yeah. when you come out with such a big shocker of a of a like a move like that, yeah. it's like yeah, it's like an M Night. It's like a yeah. twist ending. Yeah. You're like whoa, but it yeah. just doesn't quite hit the second time. Yeah. You know, that's me. That's my opinion. Quite honestly, of I that like specific it. sonically, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, I think that like from a from a like a sonic perspective, I'm like it's very different than like what's out there. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, because I'm always the person that's like, let's think outside the box. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. But upon second, third listen, I'm like, oh yeah, this could kind of like be in the same vein of like a like a NERD or like whatever yeah. the case may be. And is it like, is it pushing it forward or is it just kind of like copying that? Yeah. But in the context of time, mm-hmm. in the context of. Uh, like reference, right? Someone who listens to a little Yachty album yeah. may not necessarily listen to like a NRD, N-E-R-D yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's great. It's definitely going to, the, the good thing about it is, is because it's like putting a different generation on totally, exactly, totally, totally, exactly. Totally. You know what I mean? And honestly, at the end of the day, there's nothing that makes me happier than listening to music where you can tell the person recorded tried. is, no, not even tried. It's having a good time doing it. Yeah. Totally. yeah. He yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like it's he's true. having he's the time so of his life on yeah. that album. So like at yeah. the very least to me, that's like the most important shit. I was yeah. just thinking about like why '90s rap for some reason? Oh, like, we got the lark out. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsors at Lark. <laughs> um, of why '90s rap kind of like went through that period of being seen as lame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's partly because a lot of the people who are replicating it in the in like 
modern times were like white dudes. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> they well, were the ones that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, all like that kind of thing. Yeah, they were the sure. ones that were making it now. So well, they were the ones like, that were keeping it alive. Yeah, they were the ones exactly <laughs> trying to keep it alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. or trying, yeah, trying, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just fucking lame. It was yeah. bad. Because like I would always be like, no, no, no. If you're gonna listen, to, like if you're gonna listen to the classics, listen to the fucking classics. Yeah. These are good. But like, yeah, I'm not gonna. But like also too, in in those like moments, we also had like a different meter, right? Because yeah. if you think about it, like we had like the meter and the bar was like. And like ends in Paris, so mm-hmm. like like Kanye and Jay Z are like making this like amazing song that's like yeah. like production wise, yeah. Yeah. visual wise, like basically where like was like the mentality that everyone wanted to be at. Yeah, you that was like I mean? that was like as that was as like rich and successful and expensive as yeah. music successful could possibly. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. like leading up to that, it's like everyone was like, I want to be rich, I want to be successful. Like yeah. that was like the like the epitome of like the sort of hip hop ethos is like what everyone strive for. Yeah. Strive for. And then we got there. Yeah. yeah, And then like Jay and like, yay come out with a song that's like ends in Paris. And they're like celebrating like, yo, we've arrived. We got here. Like we're in Paris. You know what I mean? And then everyone's like, no, we want to be in Paris too. So then everyone's like, man, fuck the ghetto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't want to live that like strife life anymore. You know what I mean? That's also time. And that it's funny because one could also, could also say that during this exact time, this maybe would have been around the time Nomad started really like popping off. Yeah. Because you're seeing a sort of a shift in the culture from the sort of street, it's literally called street, street mentality. Yeah. But streetwear, street mentality. It's like you're, you're doing this thing, you're wearing these things, you're, you're sort of presenting yourself to the world where again, only those in the know will know that you have this thing, but that's only yeah. a certain echelon of person and as people get a little bit older and as the sort of the sort of narrative shifts and people are like well no no no, no. like real rich guy shit is like owning that or like that yeah. and that the clothing changes you know yeah. you know it's like you're not wearing a baseball cap anymore like unless yeah. you're like really or rich. like you're wearing the baseball cap that like no one can get yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you get to like billionaire zone where you just like dress down and just wear like a fucking polo hat or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> that's the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of those things that's like, oh, it's actually kind of better now. Like in terms of like where like like we like yeah they're in Paris you know yeah like it's better now than like we it's not like the same like traumatic kind of lyrics as it used to be or like writing about these like problems well because and it's, stuff. well like, see that's and that's the thing that not I would to say always that they don't exist but you know well that's the thing too that that you got to remember is that like with a lot of these artists like it would be fake for them to like like to still like to still be rapping about that and like you know living in a fucking like mansion yeah. it's like because people were doing that yeah and that shit was whack yeah but like so you can't really criticize like people would criticize some of these guys being like well, i don't want to hear jay-z rap about his da 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 it's like well, let's put, that's what his life is like yeah. now yeah. you know yeah. i don't know yeah no it's true <laughs> But then at the same time, there's still like there is still a bit of like a juxtaposition where it's like people like Migos or whatever talking mm-hmm. about like drug dealing and like mm-hmm, all that yeah. kind of like stuff, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. And like glorifying that. Yeah. Like yeah. this is where I have a problem with hip hop, right? Yeah. It's like people like Migos, like you know whatever, whatever rappers out there that's like kind of like kind of rapping about like street life, mm-hmm. right? And it's like okay, like you're rapping about that, but like how clo- like really how close are you to that now? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, now yeah. that you're successful and now that yeah. you're like <laughs> push making, a tea. <laughs> yeah, like push a tea, you know what I mean? He's like, I sell coke. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe at some point he did. No, yes, no, he definitely, true, no, but like now it's like, did. you definitely don't. But now, but now you, know you know don't. I mean? <laughs> but then does. it's like this whole idea of like glorifying <laughs> that for like a younger generation. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. quite honestly, like the, the audience for hip hop these days is like white suburban kids. Yeah, it always has. Not always has, but it's always always been a a major consumer. It's now become like this thing where like they knew that like 
the record execs knew like that's who you need to like yeah you know sell records to to like make money yes, yes. you know what They're i mean so now bills. we have that audience yeah. right but like with that audience now it's like you're making music and it's like how is this like beneficial or like uh you know uplifting the community that it like it comes yeah. from yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. so yeah. that's like my problem with hip-hop where it's yeah. just like when i listen to it i'm like how like how's i think it's like I th- weird i think I, yeah I mean, especially now it's interesting because it, you know in the 90s with the 90s up you kind of can't really there's no there's not really it a was point true of it was truer to like i think truer to the story and there was no point of reference so it was like like the whole thing was like these guys are literally talking they were talking about things that like street life they were you, talking about yeah, street life you couldn't even like some, some people couldn't even fathom and it's like some yeah. people couldn't even understand like, there's so much slang and it's so buried in all this stuff that yeah. it's like so <laughs> real big out know? literally had to have a fucking song that like <laughs> talked about street slang yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like that's what my handle was to be honest like, oh, my my msn handle was dirty 730 Dang. <laughs> because 7.30 meant you were crazy. Holy shit. <laughs> Big <funny>. L. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So I have a question. So this is my question. So I've kind of like started this like low key kind of like personal project. Right. Mm-hmm. In like, uh, so I was at, so a friend of mine was interviewing Rakim. Okay. Right? And uh, that person asked me like, if I could ask Rakim like one question, uh-huh. what would that fucking question be? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's yeah. like, that's a big question. Like, mm-hmm. how, like how do you even fucking like come up with a question for the like, fucking God? Yeah, like little you know God what I mean? Like <clears throat> that's the R, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's literally like what people consider to be like one of the best MCs in the world. So yeah. like, what question am I going to fucking ask? I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get back to you. Like I got to think about this because yeah. that's a serious opportunity. So, uh, do you guys know the Alcoholics? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Alcoholics had a song called 2014. Crazy. Okay. 2014 seems so long ago. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But back in the 90s, they had a song called 2014 that basically talked about the apocalypse. And the story, like the premise of the song is that one of the dudes from the Alcoholics goes and sees this kid in a fucking like dystopian desert. And this kid shows him like where like the underground like hip hop spot is right? yeah, yeah, where, like yeah. mcs like still battle or whatever kind of thing yeah. right so there's like a theory that like this song effectively could be the sort of parallel to like rakim and rocky uh-huh. right because rakim or sorry rocky is named after i know rakim, yeah, yeah. Right? he's a right? rocky's name is rakim so yeah. i was like oh okay so this is my question then so my question is if so my question to rakim if i i don't know if she asked him or not yeah. but if i if you were to meet a kid from like 2033 2043 like the future 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 Uh right what would you give that kid what five albums would you give that kid as the blueprint of hip-hop whoa right that's sick it's a kind of crazy question and a lot of people who have asked so far have named the same albums that i have named but then will always go back and retract because they're like, oh, but like this album also too. And like okay. to the point that I've like had to like think about things and be like, oh, actually, yeah, that's that's actually like a good point. And I've had to like change my albums. <clears throat> okay. That's I would tell tough you, I don't one. know if I can answer. We can talk, we can talk, we can, we, you can I, think about I mean, it. I, no, I'll, I, I can answer that for sure. Okay, it would go, it would go Mob Deep, The Infamous. Has mm. to be in there for me. Yeah. It's gotta be Nazilmatic because it's just yeah. like, it's, you gotta do that. Oh. You wouldn't put Illmatic in there? Okay, so I had Illmatic in there. Okay. But 
out of respect for Rakim, Rakim really truly is the father of Nas. So this has now morphed into the 23 and me of like hip hop. So now what I'm trying to do, like low key for my own, like my own personal mm-hmm. purposes is like try to create like a family tree of like where, like who's the father of like this style. Yeah. But I, but do you, but here's the funny thing is like when I'm picking albums like this, I would, I'm, I am picking what I consider to be the best albums. It's not true. necessarily the ones made by the best people. It's true. So it, it, it garners the question is like paid in full better than no. Illmatic? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's I will not. argue that. Quite honestly, I you would think, argue. You think that. it's better? No, I. I mean, Illmatic to me is like probably one of my like top five albums for uh-huh. sure. But like in the context of like, like was paid in full better? Again, I come. It comes from my own personal experience. And when I heard paid in full, I was like, yeah, wow, this like changed the game. Like yeah, he yeah, was yeah. really the first MC to like talk about like consciousness and like rhyme in a pattern and yeah. in with like poetry yeah. in a way that like really is the father of Nas. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so to me, I'm like, ooh, do, like who, which one's better? And it's yeah. tough. Yeah, I might change my answer tomorrow. I would then add. So I had two '90s ones for now. Okay, Let's keep it at that. Okay. Then I would add the clips is Hell Hath No Fury mm. because production-wise, I think it's one of the coolest things ever. It was. I would then maybe uh, this is a tough one, but I'd probably I'd probably put like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I think it's like a perfect mm. album. That one is a tough one. And then because I de- I definitely put Kanye in my top five. Yeah. And the funny thing is actually I ran into Shad one day okay. <laughs> at a bar randomly. Yeah. And I was thinking about this and I was like, I had like, I ran up on him and I was like, I need to ask him. I was like, I need yeah, to yeah. Ask him. <laughs> so you've asked this question quite <laughs> a few times. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asking people who like, I feel like is like, uh, who like, who kind of have a knowledge of like this yeah. or whatever, who I think could give like a mm-hmm. very sort of intellectual answer. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay, so... Okay, so, yeah, so again, so, like, I, I say clips as well to give, like, a very... What I think is... A very Some people put clips in that. Mm-hmm. But I just think it feel like it needs to be in there. That's a wild card. It's, it's just, really a wild card. But it's it did so much. It still sounds so ahead of its time. But, like, clips good. before Big L? I wouldn't put Big L on there, to be honest. Because <laughs> you think the clips is better. That album's better production-wise. Because it's really a... No, I, I have lifestyles and I got the CD upstairs. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really a question of like yeah. who is like yeah, who yeah, yeah. put out the album that like in like that sort of like lineage, who yeah. put out the album that is the most like uh, sort of game-changing? Well, that's because these things have personal mm-hmm. like you know, affiliations. Totally. You know? so I, think, I think the last one I would put, we'd have to go back to the 80s and I'd probably put like Boogie Down Productions or something. Oh, just to give like See, that's, a, that's, 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 that's like something that I didn't even like put in my top five. This is this because is, I put like Public Enemy takes the oh, nations fuck, of millions, uh, right? Uh, See, yeah, it fucks you up when people, other people, give you your answer because you're like, well, that's a fucking iconic yeah, album. It really is. I also have it's a tough one. <laughs> no, these are like yeah. I mean, fuck. I yeah, don't think I don't think it could I don't think it could be nailed down in five albums. To be honest, anytime I've asked this question, people are like, it has to be more than five albums. Yeah, that's fucking tough. Because where do you put Kanye? Yeah. Where do you put Kendrick? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like where, yeah. like, uh, like who else is there? Like where do you put Lauren Hill? Yeah. Where do you put Missy? Yeah, Elliott? this is 2033 too. Like there's so much shit that's like this, you know. Yeah. It's different if we were to get, give it to a kid in 2014, totally. you know. Well, like where do you even put like all of the South? Where does like, where does AT, like where does yeah. the ATL yeah. sit? Seriously. You know what I mean? Where does fucking like UGK yeah. and yeah. you know, where does all that? It's honestly such a crazy like, that's a fucking- conversation. Think about it. I'm gonna, yeah. I want to know. You know that I'm gonna be like DMing you tomorrow. Top five like, is like very, like, very hard. Yeah. I don't know. It, it might have to be top ten. Yeah, I think it would have to. But 
but but I, I, like I have now endeavored to put it in a lineage yeah of like who sits in what lineage yeah so like now i'm curious because i'm like the south like where does it like where does outcast sit versus mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know like uh like master p yeah mm-hmm. and like you know juvenile and like all that stuff yeah, yeah do yeah, they yeah. sit in the same category or is it just categories as the south you know yeah well then again it was yeah i don't know yeah. i think you have to pick one from that. It's that's yeah. it's so hard. <laughs> it's honestly so hard. Anyways, damn, that's okay. a tangent. I told you I can go. Off no, that tangents. was great. That was great. Um, I think this is wrapping up in a nice little. Uh, we've covered everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of did it. Um, I, I my my final question, I guess, is what do you think? Well, what are your twenty twenty three trend predictions? What do you think is happening? And I just this can this can encompass music. It can encompass clothes everything like what do you what 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 do you what do you think is happening this year yeah that's a tough one i mean it's it's tough to say uh, i think particularly like my viewpoint always comes from a very anthropological standpoint mm-hmm. right and it's like okay like what's happened in the past and like what's kind of the like where are we headed and where like where is culture going mm-hmm. in the future right and um you know i'm the type of person that kind of like looks at everything from you know politics fashion music, art, like all of those different things. So I don't know, like what, like specifically what trends are we talking about here? Just like, like, where do you, what, 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 what what do you think is, I don't know. The beginning of the year is always funny because when you look back at the end of like a year, you're like, oh damn, like all this shit really like happened. People were dressing this way. People were like really into these, into whatever things are moving. But like, I'm just always curious as to what you think. Let's talk about fashion then quickly. Like, what do you think is going to be the, the, what kind of pants are in this? Yeah, that's, <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's kind of where I was going. Sure, what kind of pants? I don't know. Honestly, I think we're at a point where it's like you just wear whatever the fuck. Yeah, you yeah. That's the thing. I, I think, think you wear skinny I mean. jeans one day and baggy pants the next. I'm the type of person that will always go left when everyone goes right. Yeah. So like when everyone's like, you know, like the whole like baggy pant baggy pant thing, like I've kind of been on for a second. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you know me, you know me, and like I've been wearing baggy pants for a second. So yeah. like now personally, I'm at a phase where I'm like have this weird like cowboy look and like want to wear like bootcut jeans and yeah, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. where is it going? I think it's really at a point from a fashion perspective, I think it's like really just kind of like wear what you feel yeah. you're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Right. And just vibe it out. Just like, just make sure you're like steezed out. You yeah. Know I mean? like, <laughs> you know? no, I agree. I agree. Cause it's like, I think you're totally right that it, we're now actually in a point where it's kind of, Everything is if everything's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> I, I think uh I think there are other trends in fashion that are happening that are kind of like um sort of under the surface that I think most people don't realize. Particularly right. one of those trends I think is gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think this is something that like from a fashion perspective, people have talked about, like all the sort of like critics have like talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really the last frontier. Yeah. Right. I think also too from like a music perspective, like I was part of this Vans panel like three years ago. And like three, four years, yeah, three, four years ago, whatever, right? And they like brought all these like people on this panel and they're like, what's like, what's next? You know what I mean? And for me, what it was, was an opportunity to like kind of like highlight sort of like the people in the sort of community that I'm a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So like Vans, you would think normally is like very sort of like straight white skater, skater culture, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Masculine, whatever kind of thing. But the reality is, is that as with any culture, a lot of that starts with 
POC people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the spaces and places where they are like in the margins. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so at this Vans panel, basically what I said to them was like, I was like, honestly, if you want to be where at the forefront of culture is, you need to look at like the queer POC people yeah. and look at what they're doing, right? To be on the pulse of like culture. Yeah. yeah Fast yeah. forward four years later, when you think about like what's happening in our city, yeah. right? What are the best places? What are the best parties to go to? Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. pep rally. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. where fucking like Nino and yeah. Tish are DJing. You yeah. know what I mean. It's where Bambi's DJing. It's where like Kareem's DJing. It's where all of these yeah. things where like you know culture is at its at the margins, mm-hmm. where they're trying to find a place for it where yeah. the best shit happens. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. So when you put that in the context of fashion, it's really about like this whole idea of like gender fluidity, mm-hmm. right? And so when you look at the brands and the people that are like doing things and the things that stand out the most to me personally are the brands that kind of speak to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you see these like collections that kind of like have these like sort of like very sort of sex forward cutouts, like, you know, like things that kind of like speak to, um, uh, collections that like a man or like a woman can wear, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, that is sort of like what's burgeoning and, that a lot of designers are basically trying to kind of um, gear their collections right. towards. Right. Mm-hmm. To me, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it is to me. So can we expect some uh, Maddie Matheson? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Assless chaps. Assless chaps, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't, be put it, I I wouldn't put it past Maddie to wear something like that. <laughs> Sick. Sick. All right, JSR, thank you very much for coming through. Sure. Thank you. This Thanks is a blast. This is very yeah. fun. And uh, we'll figure out what your outro song is. I walk around the street with the black tech now by the waistline, picking out hype shit. I never claim to be the best type of rapper to the after. Show the motherfuckers what I'm after. I'm after the gold, then after that the platinum. Beef after that, hurricane G packs the gap, son. Chigga bang bang, yo bust the slang with my name. It's the red man on the funk thing. Psych your motherfucking rights tonight, tonight. To do what I wanna do, to do it like dynamite. The one perfected when the funk been injected. I roughen up the rough draft to like make your head split. Huh? Past the 40 and the blunt don't front on the block. Cause when you do front, brother, you get the start. I'm not an addict, more like Puff the Magic. Then pass it when I'm through, cause my crew got to have it. I don't claim to be a big rap star, cause no matter who you are, you still catch a bullet scar. So listen up and take heed to what I'm saying, cause tonight's the night, and me and my niggas ain't playing. Yeah.